What's going on, family? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to another edition of The Faction Quick Hit. It's man, GB Gerard Bonner. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you've had a great week. And uh, yeah, we're in the middle of the week already. Time is flying, and it's an exciting time for sure. So I hope whatever you're doing, that you're safe, you're sound, and uh, you're ready for the start of another fantastic day. As we always do, a big thank you to all of our followers on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Thank you so much for your continued support and your continued input with all that's happening here on The Faction. Big shouts to everybody who is subscribed to our podcast and who's listening to us right now. Yeah, that's your personal shout out right here on The Faction. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for your continued support. Remember to share this podcast with your friends. Remember to rate and subscribe to this podcast as well. And leave a comment also. It definitely makes a huge difference. All right, there's a lot of news to get into. Let's kick it off. With Monday Night Raw, Monday Night Raw uh, saw some interesting things as we shared on our social media space. We knew coming into it that Shane McMahon was going to make an appearance. We also knew that there was going to be a new faction showing up. We didn't know if the two were related or what was going to go down. The night started, of course, kind of strange with some seemingly power outages and flickering lights and weird occurrences happening. Uh, we would find out by the middle of the show that Shane McMahon's appearance would be to premiere Raw underground what seems to be this mix or merger between fight club and mma shot completely differently it was a bit of a different presentation than what's currently on monday night raw uh, as we took to social media it seems by and large most of you enjoyed raw underground uh lavelle gill said that it was great to see shane o'mac back on tv he, he loves the dark grungy vibe uh that it brings to the raw brand uh nicholas o'rourke also appreciated the dark and grungy feel to things uh nathaniel blackwood said it was a solid segment and he wouldn't front that he loves seeing Shane McMahon back on television but not everyone uh enjoyed this as uh our friend Zach Williams said it's a no from me so it's very interesting to see how opinions are all over the place on Raw Underground one thing is for certain it apparently impacted the ratings as the ratings for Monday Night Raw increased to 1.715 million viewers that's up from last week's one. 0.617 million viewers. So they gained almost 100,000 viewers in a week's time, which is pretty interesting. Monday Night Raw was number four, five, and six on cable for that day in the all-important 18 to 49 demographic. So congratulations to Monday Night Raw. Now, just to put it all in perspective, if you will, uh, the Raw this time last year drew in 2.47 million viewers. That's another 750,000 folks. And the Raw on the year before that drew 2.8 million viewers. So you're talking about a difference of over a million viewers between two years ago and today. That's a pretty big number. And uh, it's been a long time since Monday Night Raw has seen 2 million viewers. In fact, the last time they saw 2 million viewers was the episode of Raw following WrestleMania this year on April the 6th. So, 
yeah, interesting stuff for Monday Night Raw, but we'll take a win wherever we get it, and that win certainly comes in the form of almost 100,000 viewers joining Monday Night Raw this past Monday. Now, this Monday was also a big day for AEW. As AEW debuted their women's tag team tournament called the Deadly Draw. Now, my initial understanding was that the Deadly Draw was going to be, you know, different folks drawing their tag team partners, and we find that out. But instead, it was that plus two first round matches in this tournament and the first round matches saw a couple of new teams and an existing team the new team of Penelope Ford and Mel took on the existing team of the Nightmare Sisters that of course is Brandy Rhodes and Allie so uh, they're still together and they're doing uh, all sorts of things and so that tag team match saw the Nightmare Sisters win that match and they're moving on to the semifinals in the second match we saw Anna Jay and Tay Conti take on Nyla Rose and Ariane Andrews so there's a couple of interesting things here um, some of these names may be familiar to you as Ariane Andrew was formerly known as Cameron one of the Funkadactyls in WWE this was her debut in AEW teaming with former AEW women's champion Nyla Rose against Anna Jay who was the newest member of the Dark Order and Tay Conti if she looks familiar to you she's the former Tanara Conti from NXT so we're starting to see more of the folks who were impacted by the pandemic layoffs find new homes and congratulations to the new team of Anna Jay and Tay Conti who defeated Nyla Rose and Arion Andrew to move on to the semifinals of this tag team tournament. A couple of other things that I should point out that are very interesting with this. Um, we got to see a new ring announcer join, Veda Scott, who was once a big part of both Impact Wrestling and Ring of Honor, made her AEW debut in the commentary booth alongside Tony Schiavone. We also saw a new ring announcer, that being Shaw Guerrero. Now, where that's important, she is the daughter of Eddie and Vicky Guerrero, who also, by the way, did some time in Lucha Underground. So it's really cool seeing both Shaw and Vicky in AEW. And then things kicked off with an announcement from Medusa, the former Alundra Blaze, the WWE Hall of Fame under blaze yes kicks off this tournament so it's very interesting to see the moves that aew happen to be making with uh, getting their hands on former wwe talent now i can tell you this Ariane Andrew, as she released on her podcast this week, uh, is not officially signed to AEW. So it was kind of a one and done potential situation. Will it lead to a signing to AEW? I don't know. She certainly hinted on her podcast this week that she'd love to have a Funkadactyl reunion, which would obviously happen in WWE. So I don't know. Uh, that should be very interesting to watch. We're not fully sure if... Tainara Conti is signed to AEW, though it would seem to make sense that she would be as a lot of these superstars are looking for new homes. But the tag team tournament, if you missed it, you can watch it every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern exclusively on YouTube. So if you're doing the math, this tournament's on YouTube, on AEW's YouTube channel Monday night. 
Tuesday night, they have AEW Dark on their YouTube channel. And then Wednesday night, they've got, of course, AEW Dynamite on TNT. So what does that say? It says that they are increasing their programming, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Let's face it. They understand that AEW Dynamite is their flagship show. They want to save some of the best action for that. And so it's a great way, this being dark and the deadly draw, to get other talent involved and on camera that may not yet be at the caliber that your AEW Dynamite show happens to be. One other thing before we leave this particular topic is this, that there are 16 women involved in this tournament. Uh, that means eight tag teams. And I have to admit, I didn't know that there were 16 women on the roster for AEW. Now, as we're seeing with Ariane Andrew, and as we saw with Tainara Conti, there is new talent that they're bringing in, which is not necessarily a bad thing. It should certainly get some more eyes on the product. We'll see how it all plays out because it should be very, very interesting. I'm not sure, to be perfectly honest with you, that AEW, uh, their women's division, was actually ready for a tag team tournament. Um, we saw, of course, in WWE how long it took, but what was important to me about that was that they had wrestlers who could actually carry a tag team division. Do we have that in AEW yet? I do don't know you guys can certainly be the judge of that and let us know by way of social media on instagram facebook and twitter a uh, couple of quick things before we go as we did allude to on our social media channels the xfl seems to be back in business it has been purchased by the rock in partnership with redbird capital they purchased the xfl for a mere 15 million dollars and i say a mere 15 million dollars because to start things up of course vince mcmahon put 500 million dollars into it yet it went bankrupt uh by week five after the pandemic hit he declared bankruptcy pretty much everybody was released it all seemed a little weird to me but it looks certainly like the xfl is on their way back to doing something special with the rock as its owner now i think it's also going to be interesting to see what in the world takes place with all of the talent that was once there Will they have the opportunity to return? Will new people be hired? Uh, now, one thing seems to be certain, and they're not sure yet, but it looks like the existing television contracts that the XFL had with ESPN, ABC, and Fox, um, it's not believed that those contracts will be honored, but that could change with Dwayne Johnson, uh, a.k.a. The Rock, at the helm of the new group. So it's interesting. The other thing that you should know is that the XFL said that they had between $10 million and $50 million in liabilities at the time that they filed for bankruptcy. So I just think this is all a super interesting move. And quite frankly, I think the XFL may gain more credibility with The Rock uh, at the helm as opposed to Vince McMahon. Believe it or not, people actually associate The Rock not necessarily or not as closely with wrestling as they do Vince McMahon. Why, you ask? Because The Rock has actually been outside of the WWE as a superstar longer than he was 
inside of the WWE. Let's do the math. He did his debut in 1996 at the Survivor Series uh, and had his last uh, regular type of match, WrestleMania 20, in 2004. That's eight years. Mind you, he did his first movie in 2001. So he's been in Hollywood almost 20 years, folks. His wrestling career, seven to eight years tops. So yeah, The Rock is not necessarily a wrestling guy. He's a sports guy. He's an entertainment guy. He's a movie guy. And he's now the owner of the XFL. I can't wait to see what he's going to do with it. If you follow his show, The Titan Games on NBC, they're doing some pretty awesome things. I can't wait to see what the XFL looks like under The Rock's leadership. Last but not least, this week marks the 28-year anniversary of Ron Simmons becoming the first ever African-American world heavyweight champion, as in 1992, on August the 2nd, he defeated Vader to win the world championship. I want to get your thoughts on what you thought about that title reign. We may even do a full discussion about that, because from where I sit, uh, certainly there's a lot more news about him winning the title than there was about his actual title reign. So I want to get your thoughts on it, and let's have a conversation about the title reign of Ron Simmons, about the AEW Women's Cup, the XFL in the hands of The Rock, and Raw Underground. Let us know by way of social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at The Faction Show. Of course, you can always follow our podcast or subscribe to it uh, at your podcast platform of choice. Click the subscribe button. Be sure to rate and download uh, this podcast as well as leave a comment. We would absolutely appreciate that. Stay on the lookout as we have more great content coming your way. And uh, I've got a post that's going to come up this week where we want to find out what topics you'd like for us to discuss on the next episode of The Faction. Be on the lookout for that. Think really crazy creatively because we want to honor uh, what it is that you're bringing to us until next time it's your man gb representing for my good brothers courtney beard brandon clack and john murray collectively we're known as the faction salute my people here we go salute my people